I don't know what's going on here. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm still here.
Dr. Dan, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I can hear you now. uh, All right, now we can hear you. So I was on, was I on the air? No, you weren't before. You're having trouble with the internet. I I kept hearing but a lot of uh, off and on. Okay, all right, but we're back on. Okay, we're back on. Great. Yeah, you're back on now. All right, gotcha. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to, uh, I got two, two way, two, two communication microphones here. Let me mute one. So, Dr. Jerry, are you there? I am here. Can you hear me? Yes, I hear you loud and clear. Okay, great. Dr. And Sims? Let me get Dr. Sims. Dr. Dr. Sims, Sims? Are you there? Dr. Sims? Hello? Yeah, I can, can you hear, hear you. Me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can yep. hear you. Yep, we can hear you. Good deal. All right. So, Dr. Jerry, we had a little bit of a glitch, and Ron, you there? <clears throat> Dr. Jerry, Jerry, I can hear you, but I can't hear Ron. Okay. <clears throat> I can hear you, Ron. All right. Just introduce our guest, Dr. Jerry. There he is. Okay. Basically, uh, you go through a journey in your professional career, and it's very uh, refreshing when you meet an individual who has his heart in the right place. And uh, when he took the uh, the oath, for healing, he he meant it. Anyway, Anthony B. Sims is one of those professionals, and basically he graduated from Ohio State back in 1983. He's a member of the American Academy of Craniofacial Pain. He's lectured both in the U.S. on TMJ and um, many countries around the world, including England, Belgium, Canada, Brazil, Japan. He's a triple-A personality like myself and Dr. Ron. Uh, You know, he studies from 1 to 3 in the morning, and that's the only way you get a head start on all this great information. So basically, without further ado, I want to bring Dr. Sims on uh, and and let him give us a little bit of background to how he got involved in his movement disorders because uh, very few dentists uh, even have an idea of what, what this is all about. So... Uh, Anthony, take it away and give us a little bit of background how you got involved in it. Good, good evening, everyone. Uh, good evening. I, I, good evening. I am happy to be here, happy to be on with you guys. And uh, I, I want to thank you for having me. Um, Dr. Jerry is a, is a very good friend of mine. I, I want to tell him thank you especially for opening my eyes to a lot of stuff that I wasn't even ready for even back in the day. But he kept pushing me, and that's good. That's good news. So, so, but yeah, I so basically, um, you can tell our audience, like, as a general dentist, how the heck did you get uh, excited and involved in this area of movement disorders? Well, it was back in 2004, 
I I attended a American Academy of Cranial Facial Pain. It was in Washington D.C. And Dr. Brendan Stack was one of the uh, speakers, and he put up on the um, on the screen a video of a young lady who actually got out of a wheelchair after he did some cranial adjustments and an orthotic. And I couldn't believe it myself. I was, you know, flabbergasted. I was in awe. So I said, I have to know what he did. Most of the doctors in that in that room, you know, were like, oh, that was good, that was good. But when when I saw that, I was hook, line, and sinker in. It was. It, I had to know what the what what this was, how it came about, and what he did. So you and told so, me that you you basically uh, spent time mentoring with uh, Dr. Stack. Is that true? That is absolutely true. Uh, um, in after after that meeting, uh, I got to call Dr. Stack. And I asked him if I could come and observe, and uh, he he was very gracious enough to let me see it, see what he was doing, and uh, the the one thing that was actually very funny about uh, his practice, the patients would get out of the chair and give him a hug. Huh. Now, have you ever seen a dentist get a hug? <laughs> I know. I was I was uh, like okay this can't be true, but yes, and I spent literally ten years uh, going every Monday to see his to, to his practice to know as much as I could from him. Well, well, just to interject here for a second. I know Dr. Stack. I met him back in 1983, and he was a pioneer. I mean, he was a conventional orthodontist and and the jump ship and went into functional orthodontics uh the guy is from the heart and uh an incredible human being and and extremely knowledgeable i mean i remember from way back when studying you know his techniques and all so you know you you lucked out in in meeting someone that um was very knowledgeable and and could lead you in the right path yes i i believe it was providence absolutely I was I was meant to do this. So basically, you're saying something like it's involved with the jaw position that derails the nervous system. Is that what you were telling me uh, when we spoke a few days ago? Yes. Um, what what actually happens in um, in in when we get our training? Uh, the first year we can go through anatomy and physiology and all these other things. And then after that, it's just, you know, do your, do your dentistry work. But when, what we did not understand was how much the nerve that the dentist works with interacts with every other nerve in your body, literally every nerve in your body. Now, so Anthony, the nerve you're talking about is the trigeminal or fifth cranial nerve. Is that correct? That is correct, absolutely, and we have no clue as to how many different connections this nerve actually has to the brain, to the brain stem, to uh, the cerebellum, to uh, to your spinal cord. It touches everything that you do. 
And just for our listening audience, uh, you can give a little overview that there's uh, numerous nerves that pass by the so-called TM joint or temporomandibular joint. Is that correct? That is correct. The temporomandibular joint, everybody has a temporomandibular joint. It is the joint right in front of the ear. And when you, uh, when you open your mouth or you chew, you can actually feel there, uh, there becomes a space when you open your mouth. And that is the, uh, the temporal mandibular joint. The temple bone and the mandibular bone articulate with one another. So, so, well, sounds like a submarine. So basically, <laughs> uh, the occlusion or, or the way the teeth come together can dictate uh, imbalances in that TM joint. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the way the, the, the bite comes together, um, hopefully... Uh, we as human beings get a correct bite, but a lot of times we don't. Uh, a lot of times one uh, jaw will grow faster or slower than another, therefore throwing off our occlusion. That's why people go to the orthodontist or to get braces to correct that mal-occlusion. So also, uh, I know this is a, a sore spot amongst dentists, but, um, you know, faulty orthodontics can distort not only the teeth and the bite, but also the, the cranium because the TM joint sits in the temporal bone, which, you know, is like the door frame. So, you know, getting uh, techniques uh, as far as like Invisalign or some of these, I call them fringe orthodontic services, which are not physiologically focused on, on balancing the whole mechanism can really, is, you know, derail you. Is that correct? Absolutely. Orthodontics, the way it is still done to this day, has not changed since 1940. It is still done by certain, uh, in certain instances, we as human beings believe that we can outsmart what we've been, what we've were built to be. Uh, when when um, I heard a good smart man say, uh, when they take out bicuspid, it's more of a uh, um, amputation instead of extraction. And I totally agree with that. I wonder who said that. <laughs> Probably the same guy that says I'm put in your mouth. I'm I'm guilty. <laughs> but uh um, he he is a he is a very smart man. They are agreed. I agree a hundred and ten percent. I have not done an extraction, uh a bicuspid extraction uh for orthodontics in fifteen years. So, that's so when what I started. So what you're telling me that there's alternative approaches to expanding the jaw bones and making sure that the TM joint is more balanced uh, as opposed to, you know, the expedient way of extracting teeth and finishing the case quickly in, you know, 18 to, to 24 months. Yes, 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 indeed. Um, a lot of times uh, when you see uh, a, when I see a patient who has a overbite as, as you know, in the common language uh, where their upper jaw sticks out. 
we're thinking that the, the upper jaw is the problem. It may be that the lower jaw did not grow in its proper position or did not grow to its maximum potential. And therefore, instead of extracting or amputating teeth and pushing the upper jaw back, we're supposed to bring that lower jaw forward to give that to, to do two things. It helps the TM joint, and it helps the person's airway. And then also, uh, when you help that joint, it takes pressure off of that nerve. And that nerve, that trigeminal nerve, which we talked about earlier, can, can cause a multitude of different symptoms to occur. Now, last week when we were talking, you were telling me that in the medical community, they think that uh, movement disorders and Tourette's are related to a strep infection. Could you expand on that a little bit? Sure, sure. Um, they, I'll, I'll give you a little history. A little history was there was a doctor named Dr. Seller back in 1929 who uh, had a uh, – he was a, he was a uh, ear, uh, ear, nose, and throat doctor. And he discovered when he did uh, three different surgeries of the maxillary sinus that uh, those who had tics or Tourette syndrome would reduce. And that was absolutely true. And when he took um, when he took uh, 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 a sample of what was uh, the bacteria that was in there, he found Streptococcus. Now, they they fast forward come to uh, the year 2000, I think it's 2004. They they developed a thing called uh, pediatric autoimmune neuropsychiatric disorder associated with streptococcus. Fancy name, uh, the, the acronym is PANDAS. And they believe that Tourette syndrome comes from PANDAS or the streptococcus, uh, which Dr. Selling had seen. But the problem is uh, when they try to, uh, try to uh, override it with antibiotics, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, the majority of times, it doesn't. Uh, when they do a, uh, when they do, uh, they they do a strep test prior to thinking that they these kids would have pandas, and they give them antibiotics. That doesn't work either. So this theory, as they call it, of pandas does not necessarily work all the time. It is not a it is not a streptococcal infection that causes the problem. It is actually an anatomical problem that causes the problem. And, and so that's where the dentist comes in. So your study with Dr. Stack, uh, he showed you a technique where by making a, a, an appliance in the mouth, you're taking the pressure off of that trigeminal nerve. Is that correct? That is correct. The trigeminal nerve uh, has three branches. It has an ophthalmic branch, a maxillary branch, and a mandibular branch. Eye, upper jaw, lower jaw. Off the lower jaw, or the mandibular branch, is, an air, is, a, is a nerve called the auricular temporal branch. Literally, it goes right past the, uh, into the, um, the TM joint. 
that branch of the trigeminal nerve, that auricular temporal branch, actually has five or can have up to five different branches in that nerve. When that nerve is compressed, that is where your ticks actually can arise from. Now, is this concept uh, one that you and Dr. Stack kind of formulated or, or primarily your, your own research? Yes. It was, it's mainly from our research. But it's, it, we, we did multiple cases, and um, it, it was consistent where a lot of the cases that we did would decrease and or eliminate in certain cases the total number of ticks that would come about. Now, um, I, I can give you an example of why we think this, this, this theory, okay? Or I shouldn't, I shouldn't even say theory because it works so often. But let's, let us think of a sneeze, okay? If you think of a sneeze, okay, it is the irritation of the upper jaw branch of the, of the trigeminal nerve, the maxillary branch, okay? And one of the first things that you do or one of the things that you have to do when you sneeze is you have to blink. Every, everybody will, the next time everybody tries to sneeze, they're going to try and not blink. It's almost impossible not to blink, Okay. One of the first signs of Tourette's syndrome is blinking. Another sign, when you sneeze, you make a facial grimace. Another sign, when you sneeze, you shake your head. Another sign, when you sneeze, is you have an internal compression so that the sneeze can come out. Uh, uh, another sign of a sneeze is uh, you shake your shoulders. Another sign is... Um, you, uh, you have to, when you make a sneeze, is you have to make a sound. And then when you sneeze, or after you sneeze, you actually feel better. And before you sneeze, you have what is called, and you know the sneeze is coming. All these same signs and symptoms are the exact same signs and symptoms that you will find in a, a person or, or child or, or young person who has Tourette's. They, now, it's interesting. Yeah, I want to yes, take a second. Could you give our audience your website where they can see, you know, videos of this exact thing that you're talking about with all these signs and, and actions? Sure. Uh, my website is A as in Apple, B as in Baseball, S as in Sam, I am S as in Sam, D as in David, D as in David, S as in Sam, S uh, dot com. And you can see a lot of videos right there of patients who, will, who have uh, Tourette syndrome and who you can see them almost instantaneously stop their Tourette syndrome. So you're telling me that they take the appliance out, there's, their Tourette's signs and symptoms come back immediately, and they put it back in, and it disappears. You got it, Doc. So 
as a scientist, how many double-blind studies do you have to do to to, to prove that if you <laughs> drop an apple out of a window, it goes down instead of up? <laughs> yeah, we've uh, we, we've uh, we had um, we we asked them to uh, do a double-blind study. And we asked them to do a double-blind study. They they called myself and Dr. Stack up in in 2012 uh, to uh, write up a a double-blinded study. And so I wrote the study, okay, gave it to them, and they were supposed to implement it. And they were supposed to do 24 cases over a year, and then come back with the final results. Now, I just want to interject. You told me that they actually were funded. They were given the money to do this. Right? Is that correct? That is correct. They were given the the funds to do this. Okay? And so they, you know, they were supposed to go off without a hitch. Now, this, this was done in 2012. This is 2019. You ask me where the study is. Well, I want to know where the funds went. <laughs> uh, well, I I quit asking those kind of questions because I my job is to help the people that come my way to do the best for them that I can. So what you're trying to tell me is that science is a little bit corrupted. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't, I won't, I won't totally go there, but I, uh, I, I want, I want to know where I would, I would, if it was my money, I'd ask where my money went. Well, the, the thing that's so upsetting as a human being and also a professional that they're always clamoring for the war on cancer, the war on this, you know, to run for uh, whatever latest disease processes down the pike. And yet, when you show them the answers, they run the other way. Can't well, figure that out. Well, it's always follow the money. Follow the money, and you will find your answers. And, uh, you know, sometimes, some, sometimes it's just not going to be as we want it to be. They don't, there are people who aren't going to do the greatest with what they have. And so we can only rely on people's, uh, people, people's faith and tell and showing them that there is a better answer. Now, when we have discussions this week, you were telling me about the national Tourette's association. What was their reaction to all your research? They were the ones that actually, they were the ones who actually gave a separate grant to the university to do that study. So that money came directly from the Tourette Syndrome Association. Now, um, they, the one of the people I treated uh, was the pastor from the Tourette Syndrome Association. He's the one that says the prayers and all that kind of stuff for the Tourette Syndrome Association. Dr. Stack did a young man who's still 
one of the nicest nicest kids you'll ever ever meet, Kenny. He uh, he and his mom um, came all the way from Seattle. He was a uh, a diplomat, you know, a, a youth diplomat for Tourette Syndrome Association. He showed them the the device that Dr. Stack made. My pastor showed them the device that I made. They they did not uh, want to um, uh, acknowledge it as much as it should have been. And so it, it, some people are going to take it. Some people aren't. You know, um, I have a gentleman coming uh, who is also an ambassador because uh, he wants his kids. To be helped. So, just from a clinical perspective, what was one of the most exciting cases that you uh, uh, helped resolve? Uh, it was honestly, it would be there. There are a bunch of them. Oh man, there are a bunch of them. Um, the there's one kid. I, I love this. I loved his name. His name was Noah. <laughs> Noah leading into the new world, you know, as, back in biblical days. But his his kid was named was Noah, and he had Tourette's really really bad. I mean, he couldn't he couldn't sit still, eyes going everywhere, he, his his head was shaking, everything. And uh, mom believed dad was skeptical, which is okay. But when they came down, and we gave and we made his uh, appliance for him, he literally instantly stopped, and he is now a star basketball player at his high school. As long as he wears his appliance. As long as he wears his appliance, he's good to go. Matter of fact, his. His jaw started to grow into more into the position, so he doesn't even have to wear his appliance as often as he used to. And Dr. Ron, you you sound like you had a question that you wanted to ask Dr. Sims. Yeah, I was just yeah. This is really really interesting, Dr. Sims. Are, are there any other neurological conditions associated with uh, the TMJ, the and the trigeminal nerve? Uh, we have a lot of people that listen to the show that have Parkinson's. And so in particular, do, uh, any relation, any experience with that? Absolutely. Let me, let, me, let me say this clearly first. I do not treat Parkinson's disease. Parkinson's disease means that there is damage inside the brain itself. And there is damage, uh, damage uh, neurons inside the uh, basal ganglia or uh, other portions of the uh, of the brain. That's now, substantia nigra. The substantia nigra, absolutely. Yes. But there is what is called Parkinsonism. Mm. Parkinsonism is the exact same symptoms as Parkinson's disease, except there is no damage inside the brain. The the best example where someone who had Parkinsonism is Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali had Parkinsonism, not Parkinson's disease. If you notice, 
what was Muhammad Ali's profession? His profession was a boxer. Boxers get hit where? In the jaw. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Yes, well, absolutely. If you look at his if you look at his later uh fight in in his uh career when he started having the tremors, you notice when he put his mouthpiece in, his tremors stopped. Take a look at some of those fights. You will actually see it. That is really interesting. That is really interesting. I I watched Muhammad Ali. I've met him when he lived in Philadelphia. I never observed what you just said, but that's my fault. Now, it, it so if someone has Parkinson-like symptoms, is there an evaluation that you would recommend for them to do other than the neuro- neurological one? Oh, absolutely. They can they can they can have the uh, the neurological um, uh, tests done, okay? And uh, according to the state that I'm in, okay, the state of Maryland, I cannot diagnose someone who has Parkinson's or Parkinsonism disease. That has to be done by a neurologist, okay? Uh, any of these movement disorders I cannot uh, technically uh, or legally say that you have such and such movement disorders. The neurologist has to do that. But you can say you have a TMJ problem. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay, well, that's that's my point. That's my point. Should every person that, quote, unquote, has Parkinson's, have a TMJ evaluation, and how do they do that? Oh, they they have to go to the after they've been diagnosed. I would then have, uh, and and they say it's not in your brain. Then you would have a TMJ evaluation by someone who has uh, good training in uh, that of TM joint dysfunction. Well, Doctor Ron, I just want to interject here. Last week I had a a patient with Parkinson's disease uh, referred to me. And what was interesting, uh, when I tested him, he had multiple pesticides in the left frontal lobe of his brain. And what was freaky was that I I used a homeopathic remedy uh, and put it into a a, uh, Pyrex vial and pulsed infrared laser through that vial into his brain. Now, the fellow that brought him uh, just told me today or this evening before the show, because he had called me, he said his walking was so dramatically improved when he left my office, he couldn't believe what he saw. So when, when people go through traditional neurological testing, they're not looking for initiators in the brain like pesticides or viruses or heavy metals or chemicals. They're just looking for, you know, neurological derangement. But what the heck is the underlying cause? I I just had to share that with you because a lot of people are being misled, not intentionally, but because of lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. That's right. And Dr. Ron, I I have treated patients who had diplegic gait and hemiplegic gait. And literally, they came into my office 
in wheelchairs. And after making an orthotic, and I mean, these people were rejected by the major uh, clinics, Mayo Clinic, John Hopkins, uh, NIH. They, they were rejected. They were told that these were now functional. You had a functional problem or basically uh, psychosomatic, as, as we yes. used to say, okay? <laughs> but it's called functional now. They just changed the wording. These people came into my office, and you can actually see them online on my YouTube channel. Um, these people came in in wheelchairs, could not walk, and by the end of two days, they were walking up the stairs with, with no, no assistance. Wow, but this, this is really groundbreaking, and I, I know our listeners are just enjoying this. Uh, but on a practical level, you you cannot treat everybody. Are, are, are dentists being trained in the type of treatment that you uh, do in your office? The uh, the dental schools. Uh, <laughs> the dental so schools. When I when I when I went to show them uh, the dental school in. The, the University of Maryland, I showed them five cases of Tourette's. They threw me out. Wow. They told me I, they, 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 they didn't believe me. When I had, uh, when I had a, uh, a specific Tourette case, a real severe Tourette case, I was invited to uh, the university neurology department to um, – to show them what I what I can do, and I learned from the first time that I can't just show videos. So I brought a live patient there, but I told him don't put his appliance in. In the middle of my talk, you can see all the arms go folding, and you know the everybody's thinking you're a dentist. What you know? What do you know? So I cut my cut my speech short. And I told my patient, I said, doctor, is that your patient? She says, yes. How long have you seen him? Three years. I said, has he come back? No. You wonder why? Put your appliance in. He puts his appliance in, instantly stops. You know, uh, you know what they told me the first question was? What? Does insurance pay for that? Ouch. <laughs> well, that's, that's, what that, that's right. They don't, there's no code. There's no, no code, code for it. There was no code for it, and I knew from that from that experience uh, that they weren't going to. They didn't care about the knowledge that I was trying to impart to them. They wanted more uh, something else. Yeah, well, Dr. exactly. Doctor Ron, I, I invited uh, Doctor Sims to give a presentation in April at my Toronto meeting. So I'm trying to, you know, plant the seeds amongst my followers up there that he could follow up with uh, educational seminars to impart his, his incredible knowledge. So, I, you know, I'm trying to do my little part in, in the scheme of things. Well, I, I think that's really important. I mean, I mean, you know, the Tourette syndrome, I, I don't know uh, the, the, the uh, incidents at this time. I mean, I don't think it is as uh, prevalent. I know it's not as prevalent as Parkinson's type movement disorder, so I'm trying to get my head wrapped around an idea that, you know, how do they find a dentist that 
you know, you go into a den and say, you know, I, I hear that uh, TMJ can influence Parkinson. Is he going to throw you out of the office or is he going to really, you know, check your TMJ or whatever? You know what I'm, you know what I'm trying to get to? Yeah. Well, you know, why they, you know why they throw him out, Dr. Ron? Because they think TMJ means too much junk. <laughs> like like I said, the the trigeminal nerve has multiple, multiple, multiple connections to your brain, your cerebellum, your spinal cord, everything else. Uh it is the master uh nerve in the master joint. Now if you listen to um uh geez, I forget his name right now, but he teaches buteco breathing. And he says a lot of orthodontic work in children is because most children are born and breathe through their mouth at a young age, and it, that goes to a deformity of their jaw. So, I mean, this, you know, does it go back that far then, you know, that, to con- that would contribute to some neurological diseases? I, it's hard, I, you know, I, I don't know. From what I have understood, okay, and I'm not the expert in this, is that um, when you when you have a child who is breastfed, the chances of him having uh, a, a mouth breathing problem are reduced. When they have bottle fed, their their chances increase. Now I don't know the the exact numbers for that, but to me. That makes perfect sense because you don't see those in um, uh, native patient, people, those of native origin, have a lot of breathing problems uh, with with that. So I, I don't know, and I, I'm like I said, I'm just guessing, but I think that is true. We know, Dr. Ron, what's interesting, when you have a malocclusion and the lower jaw is retruded, uh, that closes your airway, which would force people yes. to be a mouth breather. Yes. Wow. And I, I, well, I mean, like snoring, sleep apnea. I mean, there's, there's, I'm, I, I, I don't know this field, but I mean, there, there's a lot, lot connected here. Oh, absolutely. Um, one of the, uh, the, the hottest things in dentistry right now is dental sleep medicine, in which they make orthotics that will open up the airway while a patient is asleep. They, they, they know all about the you know, obstructive sleep apnea, central apnea, uh, and, and how to uh, correct that without having to do a CPAP. CPAPs are only used in, in less than 50% of the cases, even though that is what is promoted as the primary one. It is primary for uh, severe sleep apnea, but if you have moderate to, to, uh, to mild uh, sleep apnea, they recommend and oral orthotic for your sleeping or to get rid of uh, obstructive sleep apnea. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I've been getting mailings. So it's funny you mentioned that from, from uh, some local dentists saying that now they can uh, uh, provide an appliance for, uh, for sleep apnea with yeah. almost instant results. Yes. Wow. This is what this is. This is this is uh, something I really have to get my head around you and Dr. Jerry, of course you, you do, you deal with this every day, but you know, uh, so so with with these neurological conditions, and uh, you know, to, to to be checked for heavy metals, to check to make sure your jaw is properly. Is that do you just check to see if their jaw is aligned, or do you, uh, how, what's the procedure, Doctor Sims? Uh, 
Well, uh, I I test every patient out, and um, we test them out. We we check out their uh, the the X-rays, but in my in my office, every person every patient gets an MRI because we want to know uh, whether or not your disc is displaced, uh, whether it is either anteriorly or forwardly displaced, laterally or outsidely displaced, or inwardly or medially displaced. That helps me understand whether or not or how how much the uh, mandible is pressing backward on on that patient and how much work we're going to need to do to get that patient back to a normal situation. Wow. Just a All right. quick, quick question, uh, Dr. Sims. Uh, I know you were involved in orthodontics, so once you get the patient out of trouble with the appliance, then you also then proceed with an orthodontic treatment plan to correct the problem? You got it right. I, I do not want my patients to be tethered to me for the rest of their lives unless they want to be. Okay, I want them to go out. You have one be, wife. One wife's enough, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. One wife is enough. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and I, and I love her. Love her. Keep you know. Keep me straight. So basically, but, you're saying that it's correctable in, in a high yes. percentage of cases. Yes, it is. And it can and it can be. And you can, you know, these patients can go out further and 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 live their lives without all these uh, uh, movement disorders in certain cases. Well, you want to share with our audience your office telephone number, so if they want to get in touch with you, they can. <laughs> my office, yes, my office number is four one zero eight seven two zero eight seven two. Same three numbers. Four one zero eight seven two zero eight seven two. Yeah. All right, we got that down. We'll put that on our Facebook page. Yeah, and, and your, also uh, the website. Your, your website ABC. Is AB, okay, go yeah. ahead, Doctor Jerry. Yeah, abcimsdds.com. Right, that's the website. I I I I uh, I have learned a, a lot tonight. Uh, I I just I didn't did not know this field at all, Doctor Sims. Uh, you know I. When I was in the army, my best friend was a dentist, and uh, you know all he did was show me how to use a uh, one of those uh, one of those things you leverage to pull a tooth out. But uh, that was it. That's, that's all because that you were in the mash unit. You were in the well, mash elevator. Unit. He showed yeah, me how to were... use the elevator. <laughs> the elevator, right? Yes. <laughs> do you do you recall um, Doctor Sachs, who wrote the the book? Uh, um, uh, on Tourette's. He was a neurologist. I know the name, but I did not know him, no. And he, he was he was a very famous neurologist who wrote a book on uh, um, My Wife's Hat or something like that. I, I don't remember it right off the bat. But when you said your favorite, your, your, one of your favorite people were a dentist, he wrote his very first neurological paper with a dentist. And he's the most famous person uh, that did uh, Tourette's. He was a neurologist, Dr. Oliver Sachs, S A C H S. 
Yeah, I had a Dr. Sachs as my cardiology professor, but not neurology. But th- th- this is all just, just tremendous. I'm just trying to uh, digest it, how to make all of this knowledgeable to uh, our audience, uh, you know, uh, neurological condition and de- and the dental connection. I, I think we're going to have to uh, explore this a lot more with you, Dr. Sims. Sure, no problem at all. I mean, I, I think this is this could be life-saving. Do you think that a person that has a movement disorder, and I'll, I use Parkinson's because that we we get a lot, of, I get a lot of emails about Parkinson's, and one of our dear show friends has had it since the late '90s, but by taking systemic enzymes and using pulse electric magnetic fields, he has it under control. But if uh, you have it, do you think? Uh, and apply, even if, say, it's in the substantia nigra and, and it's affecting your dopamine, do you think an appliance has any part in the overall treatment plan? Uh, depending on depending on the patient, depending on the age of the patient, and depending on what their uh, occlusion or dentition looks like, absolutely. Okay. Um, yes, because I think it it can be. Uh, at least reduced to a, a even further than where where you are. Or okay, that that's that's it. Really encouraging for a lot of our listeners. I'm sure it is. And then they they can get checked, but for heavy metals and uh, and, and maybe uh, have have some sort of a normal life. Yes. Yes. Well, that's well, very. It was real interesting. Yeah, I have a I have a cousin out in the West Coast, uh, in L.A., and uh, years ago, he showed me a device that he put together. He's a layperson, but very creative, and he had like a, a, a tick type of Tourette's issue, and he, he got this thing called the NeuroBand that he devised himself, and it had two little hard uh, uh, bumps that actually came under the occipital bone in the back of your head where the neck meets, and when you would wear this little device, the ticks would disappear. And and he told me flat out, he says it's basically reaching a still point in in the cranial balance of things. So, uh, you know, he said the only reason why he couldn't get anywhere because he didn't have a degree, but he had incredible successes with many uh, people that had Tourette's and wearing his little band it was very interesting. Wow. Well, Dr. Sims, I mean, I, you know, now that, that I'm, I hear what you're doing, I, I could talk about TMJ. We had, when I practiced in Philadelphia, we had a, 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 general, a, a, a an orthodontist that uh, wrote a book on TMJ, and he was in every courtroom, and uh, he blamed TMJ for everything, and uh, 60 Minutes actually did a show on him. Do you remember that, Dr. Jerry, from, from Center City? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, uh, you got you get to think you get uh, paranoid. Think of TMJ as just a, a lawyer's uh, dream, but apparently uh, it has a lot more to do with the overall health of our of our of our listeners and our patients. So, all right. So we've been, ladies and gentlemen, we we have been talking to Dr. Anthony Sims. Uh, he uh, he has an office phone number of four one zero eight seven two zero eight seven two. And uh, if you have a Tourette syndrome or a, a, a movement disorder that you might want his advice on, 
Uh, you might want to go check out his website, www.absimsdds.com. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we're going to have a lot of uh, emails on this one. And by the way, if you have questions for Dr. Sims, email me at docronradio at gmail.com, docronradio at gmail.com. And uh, we will make sure we have a list for our next program for Dr. Sims. Dr. Jerry, uh, your your friend is really great. I, well, thank I, I you. Just, well, that's why I wanted to get him on because the public has to know of this these advanced technologies because, you know, as you and I know, you're not going to hear it on 11 o'clock news. The universities really don't want it. In fact, Dr. Sims was telling me he and Dr. Stack were invited to present like a table clinic at a meeting and a week before the attorney for the organization called them and told them not to show up. That is true. That is true. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, it, it is history repeating itself with some of the natural healers of the past that we've been talking about, right, Doctor? Yeah. Well, you know, and the other thing is, you know, patients are suffering, doctors are unhappy, they're they're committing suicide. The only exuberant party in our profession is the pharmaceutical industry, and they, that industry has caused annually casualties that far exceeded the death toll from our 20-year uh, involvement in Vietnam. So, you know, like Dr. Dr. Sims has followed the money, but uh, the pharmaceutical industry is the only one happy at this party. Absolutely. It's, it's a sad situation. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, it's another interesting aspect of what uh, Dr. Sims is doing. Uh, it's more than just uh, balancing the TM joint, uh, when when your jaw postures out, it directly impacts on your upper cervical and, and your lower lumbars. So I know he's restricted in, in what he can say and, and do in his practice in Maryland, but me being an uh, independent natural uh, you know, practitioner, we see this all the time where people have low back pain and you can put a support on, on one tooth or give them a little vertical height on their bite, and their back pain disappears because it, it literally tractions the spine and takes the pressure off of the bulged discs and herniated discs. Yes. We, we, we do uh, TMJ-related dystonias, cervical dystonia, uh, generalized dystonia, um, uh, even focal dystonia. Uh, we've done tremors, and complex regional pain syndrome, even blepharospasm. Uh, where the eyelids close and they pay, and the patients can't open their eyes. We've done all those. Wow. All right. Dr. Dr. Sims, you really have been a, a fantastic guest. I know uh, I did speak with you before uh, I had technical problems with this uh, studio board that you had a busy day and you, you just ran in from the office. So I just want to thank you, uh, and Dr. Jerry, of course, spoke really highly of you, but I want to thank you for taking the time out to do a, this a educational program for our, our, for myself and for all our listeners. Uh, it, it just just is really enlightening, and, and I think I hope that it gives hope to uh, a lot of uh, uh, people listening that you know they, that you know, if it, the traditional way is not working out to your satisfaction, you know. You got to look for options. You got to look for that alternative, that more comprehensive care. So this has been great. So I, I really right. want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. 
Right, right. Thank you very much. God has given me a mandate, and I got to fulfill it. Well, God bless you. I, I appreciate that. Uh, well, I, I just had there's a there's a, a physician friend of mine on the line. Uh, he, he he comes in every so often, Doctor Dan. Did Doctor Dan, do you have any questions for Doctor Sims, or what did you think? Doctor Sims, this was excellent. Thank you very much for all the information, which I didn't know about, of course. <laughs> um, okay. So, any condition that might be um, related to the trigeminal. Is that basically what you what what can be treated as Absolutely. as far as correcting these situations? Anything that the trigeminal nerve is involved in. Your trigeminal nerve, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Like I said, it goes to your it goes to the brain. It goes to the cerebellum. Cerebellum. You can have cerebellum uh, tremors, uh, almost essential type tremors. It goes to the uh, reticular formation, which is the area that coordinates your gait, your walk. So people who have difficulty walking can actually walk better when that, that signal is not going into reticular formation. It goes to the, uh, it, goes to the uh, it interacts with the vagus nerve, which, which controls peristalsis and, and your breathing and all those things that the, that the, vagus, nerve, the vagus nerve controls. It goes into the... Uh, Cranial nerve number nine, which is the cough reflex, so your um, it, it interacts with that. It interacts with the the uh, uh, the um, oh, what's the other nerve? Facial nerve. Sorry, facial right. nerve. Yes, the facial nerve. It interacts with all those nerves. Uh, so uh, there are so many things that the uh, the body does that uh, that are interrelated with the trigeminal nerve. I, I, tell, I tell my patients, the eyes cannot tell the hands that I don't need you. The mouth cannot tell the feet I do not need you. You, you have different parts, but you're all in one body. And uh, uh, I heard someone tell me, Dr. Stack's uh, major thing, how is, the, how is the foot connected to your mouth? Just drop a 10-pound weight on your foot. <laughs> you're stealing my That'll give me part of that Tourette. I'll give you a tick. He's stealing, he's stealing my jokes, Doctor. <laughs> In that case, you'd get a really big mouth. I'll tell you. Yeah. Wow. Sure. But you know, uh, the other thing that we didn't even uh, allude to is the fact that you know, if you have an abscess tooth, if you have mercury toxicity leaking out of a, a mercury fillings. If you have infections in the jawbone uh, from where a tooth was extracted, uh, all these things can impact on that trigeminal nerve. It, it's more than just... How about root canals? Well, if, if anyone is on Netflix, go see the documentary that I'm on. I got to plug it. It's basically called Root Cause. It's on Netflix, and you'll see the issues of the toxicity of root canals, which put out thioethers, which are related to mustard gas. I mean, so root canals, infections in the jawbone, uh, chemical toxicity from, from uh, resin fillings, all these things can impact that trigeminal nerve. Can it throw your balance off also? 100%. Affects the cerebellum, Dan. 
Right. That's what I was just thinking. When when you mentioned the cerebellum, it 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 could affect your balance, correct? Yeah, yeah and how about if your TMJ is out of balance, your temporal bone gets distorted, and you have your three semicircular canals, which have to do with balance, is located right. in your temporal bone. Yeah. Right. Okay. Your, your, your trigeminal nerve actually interacts with your vestibular nuclei, which, which, can, be, uh, which can affect your balance also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dr. Sims, do you have a monograph or anything uh, available to f- for for listeners about the trigeminal nerve? A monograph, uh, or any kind of anything that you've uh, produced? Uh, I mean, this is really a you know. I'm I'm sure ninety percent of our listeners. I'm going to go for ninety five. Have never heard any of this. <laughs> well, Tony, you have to write up because uh, I know you have a lot of peer-reviewed articles because I've read your you know your bio and I think what Dr. Ron is alluding to is that you're going to have to write something for lay people uh, to give them a better understanding of what, what this is all about. We'll do. I can do that. I mean we're our guest our guest last week was Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum and you know he, he wrote a little little book 60 pages di- diabetes is optional and it's going crazy with it and it's really easy to read and understand and it's opening up people's eyes. Well, you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going Great. to make it, a, 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 make it plain and simple. That's the best. Yeah, eighth, eighth or ninth grade. That's it. Eighth or ninth yeah. grade level. Well, like I explained earlier, what a sneeze is. Exactly. It's the exact same thing. <laughs> as it's the exactly. exact same thing. Exactly. Well. Uh, Dr. Jerry, we got to let this man get something to eat and uh, right. see, his, see his wife. And <laughs> we, we, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, through Dr. Jerry, and I'll be in touch with you too if you don't mind. And we'll, we'll get another uh, program set up. And uh, uh, you know, and, and I mean, I, I'm I am not usually lost for words, uh, Dr. Says, but I, I this this was a great great education for me. Well, I thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. I really do. Uh, my pleasure. Well, Dr. Jerry, you know what? We we can't go any further tonight. I mean, this is uh, no. this is it. I mean, the, let, I think let our our listeners digest this. Just remind them that you know this this show will be on iTunes. It will be on Google Play, Stitcher Radio, iHeart Radio, TuneIn Radio, uh, Blueberry, Alexa. It's it's on all that, ladies and gentlemen. So you can hear Dr. Sims, and, and it, the title of the show is. Dr. Sims and Movement Disorders. Yeah. So, and don't, uh, don't forget, next week we have Dr. Stanley Nye, who's uh, a 23rd generation acu- a Qigong acupuncture master. That's going to be another great show. Absolutely. Well, I think, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as uh, the doctors are in the house, or the doctors are going to leave the house, and uh, we will see you next week, Dr. Jerry, Dr. Sims, Dr. Dan, and myself. Have a great night, and see you next week. See you next week. Thank you. Yeah, Thank Doctors are going to be leaving the house, and we're waiting for uh, Mr. Fred to come up with that closing song. But thanks for listening, and thanks to our great guest, Dr. Anthony Sims. Thank you, Dr. Jerry, for getting him. 
Okay. See you next week. Ciao.